Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Best in the World Sports Report, first show of 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is John Brown. We got a lot of Eagles to talk to. Had to bring in my man, 50 Grand, from Brothers Talking Pucks. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Parker is here in the studio with me. Happy New Year. Happy second year of no chip. You, you, you real happy about that, aren't you? You miss Chip, don't you? I do. You see, <laughs> I really do. You are, you are, you're an, really army, you're an army of one. Because where he's that entertaining. Is if you're going to be bad. What, was entertaining, if, about, if what gonna, was entertaining about that last season of Chip? If you're going to be bad, at least entertain me with your nonsense you say in press conference. No, it was really, no, it was entertaining. Watching Shady play for another team. That was real entertaining. Know what else was entertaining? Watching Jeremy Macklin in a Chiefs uniform. That really entertained me. Know what else was entertaining? Deshaun Jackson killing me for the Redskins twice a season for two straight years. Well, you're about to be resurrected because he's coming back to Philly. I don't even know about that. I I, I don't know about I, I I don't think so. But that's that's a whole nother thing. Look, season's over as far as the Eagles are concerned. Season's done. They played 16 games. Ain't no more games. There's they, all their stuff is is packed. They're out of here. Um. So we got we got to clean up the mess. We have to make sense of what is left, what is going to happen now, what the Eagles need to happen. So when I do that, I bring in my man, Tim. Tim's going to rap. And I also call my main man, friend of the show, from 4th and John. From oh, 4th and John. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah he hang, he, Yo, my man hangs out with E-Rock and all them. Haven't had E-Rock on the show yet. That's just that's just been, you know, missed signals and all that. But one, maybe one day he'll grace us with Orphan his John presence. John is rising, man. Yeah. We rising too? What are you talking about, man? Don't 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 I'm, on me. Listen, it's not it's not about me. You you be, you, you, act, you acting like Howie Rosen right now. We talking about I, the oh, guests. Whoa 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 whoa! You try, well, we'll we'll get into all of that, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Oresco's in the building. Tom, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's going on? Happy New Year to you guys. Honored you. to be on the first 2017 show. I See like that. that. See, look at that first guest of 2017. My man Tom Oresco is honored. He's honored to be down with us. Sure. Just like we look like. Like, we honored to be down with him. Absolutely. Honored. Look, man, we got to make sense of this season. We got uh, to uh, – want, first thing I want to ask you is Doug's post-game press conference. There's been a lot of debate about that because Doug said that he felt like this team was close and people mm-hmm. lost their minds. Uh, people law, you know, he, he said they're close to me. And, and, and you tell me if you agree, I feel like football is a sport where you can be close, but still be far. Mm-hmm. Well, the NFL, yeah, the NFL, you can be close, mm-hmm. but still be far. Doug thought that they were close. And to me, that doesn't bother me, but people are acting like he just made this grand proclamation like he just thinks this team is a Super Bowl uh, winning team and and things didn't, you know, pan out the way, you know, you know, it, it just didn't happen for whatever reason that wasn't their fault. And I'm not quite sure if I agree with that. So let me ask you, did it bother you when Doug proclaimed that this team was t- when this team was close? Did that bother you? Me personally, no, but I think that 
you know, when you look at things um, from, you know, a perspective of, look, you can boil it down and say the same things we said this year about last year. If, if not for this penalty here and that play there, that fumble, that turnover, we might win a couple more games. But when you're saying that, you know, yeah, maybe that is true. But at the same time, if you're saying that over the course of a 7-9 season and then another 7-9 season, it just it boils up to maybe, yeah, maybe when you boil it down, it's a couple couple plays here and there. But ultimately, that just means your players aren't getting the job done for whatever reason it is. And to say that, you know, if you made this play here and that play there, yeah, well, maybe that, that would help. But overall, the body of work is a 7-9 and nine football team, and that's that goes deeper than just a couple plays, even though those couple plays maybe went our way. But the, the thing is that there's no way they're going to go our way with these players, with a rookie quarterback who fumbled 14 times and threw 14 interceptions, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that getting that production out of those key positions, running back never got, uh, you know, in rhythm. We had four different running backs, five different running backs, bunch of receivers that can't get the job done then your defense every when you need them they, they they stand up for you but then when you need them to make a big stop like in overtime against Dallas or you know certain third downs throughout the year and things like that they 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 crack so it's overall when you look back on the season you can look at a couple plays that if they would have went your way but ultimately it's just a reflection of the talent you have on the team and it's a seven and nine football team for a reason it's it's, it's it could be considered close, make a couple you know acquisitions, things like that. But ultimately, it's going to take a couple of years to build something into that twelve and four, you know, thirteen and three season that Howie Roseman spoke of in his press conference that Doug Peterson clearly wants to get to. That the Dallas Cowboys are now at after they were really bad for the past you know seven years of their regime, going eight and eight three times straight, and it takes those seasons to get to that. So no, I'm not. I'm not. It doesn't bother me, but I think that there's a lot more building in place than just oh, couple plays here and there. So that's kind of my my assessment of that situation. You know, I think when you know John JB asked the question and compare, comparing it to the seven and nine season of Chip Kelly's last year, there is a difference. I think while they're both were talent, you know, stripped, you know, you obviously had a better situation with Carson Wentz. And also, I think the Eagles were more of a play away here and there this year than they were in, in Chip's final year. It just got ugly in Chip's final year. The, the, the loss to Tampa Bay, the Thanksgiving massacre, the you know the Lost last game against the Redskins that Cardinals Sunday night game it just got worse 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 other than the Patriots game it just went straight downhill as opposed to this year there were a couple you know bad games like Seattle Seattle's game was probably the worst in my opinion but that was a much better team but in those other games with Green Bay those you know even the uglier loss with the Redskins and you know stuff like that I thought. They were in those games still, not Seattle so much, mm-hmm. but those other games. So there was, it was never a point where it was like this team was just getting beaten down. So I can see how they say they're close. Now, I know they aren't close talent-wise, but in terms of morale of the team and in terms of right. direction they're heading, maybe they are. But in the NFL, everybody's close. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't lose by much. You don't win by much. And six of the nine losses – that we had were why one possession, seven points or less. And that uh, the, the Cincinnati game is one that you didn't yeah, mention. Yeah, you're right, yeah. That, 
that was that was the worst loss. That I mean, was that, the worst. That was, that, that was the Chip yeah. Kelly Tampa Bay loss, where team kid the kids looked like they were giving up, and the players looked like they didn't want to play. You know, things like that. But either way, no, I get exactly what you're saying. I agree. It's, it's a lot more promising to go seven and nine with a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach in a building year than it is how Chip went seven and nine. Mm-hmm. But the the, the 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 commonality is that. You know, there was a couple plays here and there this year and maybe earlier in the last season. Those couple blowouts for sure were, were really disheartening and the yeah. Cardinals and all that. But when you look back on this season, you do, you do see that they were fighting and they were in a couple games. And it's very – it's. I think that people should really embrace, you know, what they're building here now rather than, you know, look at it like, oh, they had a bad season, this is a bad team. I think it's kind of – it has to be accepted that you needed to take a, a step back or two after all the Andy Reid and the Chip Kelly, all that got flushed out. And now I think you have to go into this building around Wentz um, and, and hope, hope that they can continue to grow. Well, I guess what, what bothers me about this whole close, not close debate is I feel like the peop the people who have such a problem with Doug saying that we're close, they, they almost act like the Eagles, he, they almost act like Doug is saying it as if implying like the Eagles are just going to stand pat, right? Like, like they're not going to draft anybody. They're not going to go try and get free agents. Like they're not going to try to improve this team. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. you know what? You can look, you can look at this team and say, "Hey, we were close," and still say, "You know what? This team needs a running back. This team needs wide receivers. This team needs depth on the offensive line. This need, team needs depth on the defensive line. This team needs depth on this in, in, in the linebacker core. This team needs two new two new cornerbacks." But the fact still remains: like you see all this, but the fact doesn't change that they what lost. They need? Yeah, they need a lot of things, but. However, you saw that you saw that with the team that they had, they were in right. a lot of they, games. They yep. They were in a lot of games. So it's what you're saying, you know, you take the you, you have a good draft. And we'll get and we'll get more into that good draft in a second. But you have a good draft. You add with the pieces that you brought in. You know, we we've killed Howie Roseman on his drafts in the past. And I feel like Unfortunately, there's always been like this, this, there's always been these question marks. Like, like what part of the draft, 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 draft was, draft was Andy? What part of the draft was Howie? What part of the draft was Chip? Now we're sitting here and we look at this last draft. We look at this 2015 draft and at the top of the draft, you see Carson Wentz. I think that's good. That, you know, whatever you, I mean, Carson Wentz, that's good. I, I'm not. I have no problem with that pick. But you also see Wendell Smallwood, who added depth to your to your running back. He's not your stud. He's not your stud. He's not your featured back. But he's a guy. Right. He's a change of pace guy who help who might grow into that replacement for Darren Sproles, who said this next season was going to be his last. You also got Halapulavati Vitae. I got it right. Not you. Watch you, Tim. I got it right. You got Halapulavati Vitae, who might be, who could be your starting right tackle of the future. And then you also got Ike Sayamalu, who adds depth to your, uh, see, I got that one right too. You're impressed right now. Isaac. I call him Ike. Okay. So you're really going to get on me for mispronouncing his first name. But no, but listen, listen, but but I, I agree with you. 
you know, at first I was rolling my eyes, like, all right, Carson Wentz, okay, he. That's a no brainer. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's but, a no brainer. But but, but 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 he traded up. Okay. All right, but 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 give him credit for giving up. Give him up credit for making for yeah. trading up and making that move. But my thing is, it wasn't until you started mentioning, say, Amalu and Vitae that I was like, hey, this wasn't a bad draft. This wasn't a bad draft at all. This wasn't line. a bad draft at all. You got depth on your offensive a- line. Jalen Mills. Yeah, and oh, Jalen Mills. Yeah. And Jalen Mills. So this isn't. So for me, it's like okay, just like just like Tom brought up. You know, you have Douglas and you have uh, Weidel in place. Plus, you see what he was able to get last year in a draft that most people say that was that was a Howie draft. You know, there are question marks about previous drafts because you still had the Marcus Smiths, the Danny Watkins, and and and, and busts oh plenty. <laughs> but here, Nelson here, Aguilar, N- Nelson Aguilar, Michael Kendricks. Look, that's that's. Well, a, Kendricks that's, had a couple, you know, good years. So I don't know. Whatever, bust. whatever, man. Come on, let's let's okay. stop. Let's, okay. let's whatever. He's he's gone. But nonetheless, this was supposed to be the Howie draft. Mm-hmm. Right. This, this was the Howie draft, and you got pieces. And for me, it's like, okay, you got pieces in that draft. Now you got – and you you also have brought in personnel people who know their stuff. So at this point, you know, I know so many people in this city are ready to, to, to wash their hands of Howie. And I'm like, to me, he's earned another draft. I'll I'll let, yeah. I'll let Tom get in on this, but be, there's a reason why Howie bothered me in his press conference uh, the other day, yesterday, and it's nothing to do with, uh, you know, the the team that he's building. It's about the the mentality that he has. But Tom, I'll let you speak to uh, more about the, his move that he's made. Yeah, um, I know. I, I think that. You know, uh, getting Carson Wentz was the first step, and I think you guys covered, you know, all the depths. Everyone, it's funny because everyone talks about um, how how much offensive line depth we needed all all these years. Oh, we need depth on the O line, we need depth on the O line, and then and then and then on the back end of it, people complain and say, "Well, Samalo and Big V might never turn out to be starters." It's like, okay, well, what is that? That's depth. That's yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like people are never happy, and I think that they need to give Howie a little credit for for going out and getting a guy in Big V who who looked pretty pretty serviceable. I mean, he struggled at times, of course, but as a rookie fifth round pick, yeah, get in there yeah, well. after at that game after Kerrigan had his dinner and, and that that Breakfast one day, and, and, you know, after Kerrigan ate his lunch and in that snacks. first uh, that first yep. Washington game, Big V played all right until he got hurt. You know, yeah, he held his own. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I mean, you take that game out of it and you look at the, the subsequent three, four games, you're then thinking when Lane Johnson comes back, I don't even know if I want Lane Johnson back at the right tackle. Let's move him over to the left tackle, say goodbye to Jason Peters, and now you yep. got Big V there. In the future. Yeah. In the future. Okay. In the future. Uh, hell, next season. No, no. Jason Peters proved again that he's – at a high level. He is at a high level, but Jason Peters is 87 years old. I understand old. that, but I'm saying next year I will I will, I will keep putting him out there until he cracks. Jason and Peters. Then you yep. have say a model. Jason Peters makes two billion dollars, and he's 87 years old. <laughs> so yeah, know, there's a lot of options. So I know what GMJB would do. It would he Peters thanks, would be gone. Thanks for coming out, Jason. 
take you and your take you and your plate out corn rolls. Pour forty out for Jason <laughs> pour, pour, We pour we if, if if you listen to our previous podcast on Brothers Talking Puffs, we've just been talking about drinking forties all day long. So we're pouring a forty. I'll be pouring a forty out for Jason Peters, putting that highlight reel together of all his great false starts and oh, and bidding really? him adieu. Oh man! And that's not to say he's not. Hey, he's a beast. But you know, no, he is. for ninety nine percent of his time here, he was one of the best left tack, uh, left tackles in football. Still, but it's time to move on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, That's another discussion. You know, adding adding some depth helps us be able to move on more seamlessly from Jason Peters. And I think grooming Big V a cup for a couple years prior to that is going to help rather than just throwing some guy in there. But that's a whole other discussion and cap space and all that. So, Tom, can I ask you what you thought about what Howie Roseman had to say in his um, postseason uh, – when I say postseason, not postseason. They're not going to playoffs, but after season wrap yeah, press conference. Right. Postseason for them because their season <laughs> Well, yeah. Where's yeah, I, I – I think I think I liked a lot of the things he said. I think that the whole no band, no more band aids. Time to start, you know, building from the ground up with draft picks and getting young guys that can grow around Carson Wentz on the offensive side of the ball. And you paid Fletcher Cox a hundred million dollars. He's twenty five years old. He's your key cog on that defensive side of the ball. You need to build around him as well. And uh, I think you know, I think that Howie Roseman showed that he learned. Um, a lot and I don't know if you guys knew this but Howie Roseman actually when he was exiled from the GM position when Chip was given the power he went on a a tour of uh, franchises if you will and he went overseas to Europe and talked to GMs from those franchise those soccer franchises mm. he talked to the Golden State management mm. uh, for the Warriors and uh, he, he really learned how to build a team and I think that he, he found that the one uh, he said that he found the one commonality between all of them was that they built they built it with their own homegrown talent that all fit the same culture and personality of where they were playing and and built in with each other and good personalities that match each other and I think getting Fletcher Cox locked up getting Carson Wentz in the draft I think that gives you two building blocks on each side of the ball to be the leaders on each side of the ball and. You know, a lot of people forget Fletcher Cox is 25 years old. That's that's a young guy. He's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna get better. His best football is ahead of him. So, and obviously with Carson Wentz, it's the same deal. So, I mean, as long as you can build around those two guys on either side of the ball, I think that's the key. And I think that Howie Roseman identifying that and recognizing it, and having that vision and that plan, I think that really speaks volumes about where he's come from the few years ago when the team signed Namdi Asamoah, Vince Young, Ronnie yeah. Brown, and yeah. all those guys. Well, I, 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 I was thinking that myself. I, I hear that, and I hear no more dream teams, that's, and that's and that's cool with me. You know, here's I, I agree with everything you said. I think he knows, you know, that it's not about just getting to the playoffs, and it's about building something sustainable, like the Warriors or the Patriots, and and scarily enough, the Cowboys, because yep. yeah, the Cowboys are built for the future. Now, the what bothered me yesterday was. His can, it all felt. Everything in the press conference felt that as much as he said it wasn't about me personally, it felt like it was my personal showcase to tell you what I've done and how Chip Kelly ruined this team and why yeah. I need to have time to save it as opposed to just saying this is what we got to do. It was all about 
of DeLoreans going back in time. And I don't have 20-plus play, 20 play players anymore. And now look what I've done. I brought a franchise quarterback in, and I've done this, and I've built sustainability of the team for the future, and I'm going to do this as opposed to just talking about your future plans. It felt like a – why do you think he went out there as opposed to Jeff Laurie like normal or even the coach? He wanted to praise himself in a subtle way and it shows why people think he's self-consuming that many people have been thinking of for years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, That's what I felt. Uh-huh. I felt it was a cheap-bashing yeah. Howie Roseman I, praising session. Look how yeah, many people are I, positively I, talking about Howie Roseman today. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I agree. I agree with all of that. And I think that the, the organization wanted that because of all the backlash that he received and the reputation he built. Okay, that's I think fair. They, they wanted that moment for him. They wanted him to go out and tell everyone, look, I got ripped of the power, and look what Chip Kelly did, who everyone remember, remember all the in Chip we trust, mm-hmm. Chip's in charge, all that. I'm sure I, I, used, all, all. I, I used all those hashtags <laughs> yeah. incessantly. Yep, same. same. And, 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 I, and, I, and I bet that he heard all that, and he, he felt some type of way about that. And maybe, you know, maybe he did feel like he deserved to be exiled and all that, but I think that that was his chance to come out and be like, hey, look, I just got this player in Carson Wentz, who's the most popular Philadelphia Eagle maybe since Brian Dawkins left. So that's, that's, a, big, that's a big thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, so if it, I guess so. No, 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 no. No, that no, it's true. So. No, no. I, I, I'm not saying I guess so to the wins comment, but I guess so. And if if the team touted him out there and said, "Hey, you go out there and you know go detail about what you've done and what you've had to overcome," that's fine. If it was his own idea to go with this head and I'm gonna face the media, then I don't like that. It was just too self. <laughs> But, but yeah, we never know. Yeah. But this goes, Tom. This and, and, and understand. This goes to Tom, to the point that Tom made earlier about people never being satisfied. Now, Chip did. If Chip gave no, oh, not Chip. See, you got Howie, Chip on my Howie. brain, man. If Howie gave no presser, it didn't speak this week at all. We'd be ripping him like, hey, team exactly. just fell apart, went seven and nine, and the GM never spoke to the media. Oh my, why is he ducking us? Where is he hiding from? He doesn't even yep. want to say anything. Get him out of there. Get him yep, out of there. Yep. Look, right. we took we we just had a conversation about the direction that they're in. And here he is, he's look, I mean, sometimes it's like just, I mean, it's just what you said. People are never happy. What did they expect Howie to say? You wanted them to sit down and be like, hey, yeah, man, this is a dumpster fire. I don't know how to fix it. I can't fix it. We suck. We're always going to suck. We'll never be good. And it's, and yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is that what you want? He's like, look, he laid out the fact that, hey, you know what? This is a team that had a nucleus that the previous coach who banned me to, you know, the far end of the building and then ran out the most dynamic receiver we ever had, ran out probably our best uh, – no, let our our best wide receiver walk. Shipped our, off, best, our best running our back. Our best running back for some dude who could – for, we, we, for we, me, no, we, no, no, no. We, 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 we shipped him. Off. We shipped our best running back off for the white version of Ezekiel Elliott walking around with his little half shirts all the time, with his <laughs> stomach showing. That's who Kiko Alonso is. He's white Zeke. That's a he. He's, he 
but and but not none, good. And, and it's like and not good. He, he he they shipped him off for white, not good Ezekiel Elliott. And he's like, look, you know what? We got we we got draft picks. You saw how I was able to flip some draft picks. Now look, understand he you know he's not it's not like it's been perfect because I'm still giving him the side eye for the fact that Eric Rowe was up in New England balling. Yeah. Now another thing that people that he's taking some knocks on is something I want to get your opinion on, Vinny Curry. Mm-hmm. You know, Vinny Curry got a lot of money and didn't have a lot of production this year. Do mm-hmm. you think? I mean. Uh, where do you stand ghost. on it? Yeah, he was a ghost, but was this just a was this just a good guy with a bad season, or do you think this was a bad contract? I I personally think that um, he was a little overrated by the fan base, and I think that everyone cried when Chip didn't get him on the field, and they didn't understand why. And he had that season where he had eight sacks in 2014, and then he barely played in 2015. And everyone, I think everyone was really on board the fact that he'd be a great 4-3 defensive end, and this guy still hasn't started an NFL game in his entire career. You know, yeah. So I, it's, I, I, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's weird that they, look, in hindsight, Mr. Praise Howie, not you, Tom, but in general, people who praise Howie, <laughs> that they would yeah, give look, him that he, type he of – He looked right at me, and if you do that again, <laughs> I'm going to punch you in your face. No, it was, it's funny that they, that they would pay him the money they paid him without seeing him what he could do in Jim Schwartz's defense first. Right, right. And then he was a free agent, so there was no way of yeah. doing that. You know, so was, I don't think he would have gotten paid on that open work like that. He wouldn't have got paid that much anywhere else, I don't think. Nah, probably not. Um, he was he was. I remember him being talked about as one of these highly touted DNs that would have been one of the higher higher up guys because of his potential, and he was mm-hmm. only twenty six years old and all that. So maybe, but probably not. And at the end of the day, I mean, you take a bunch of risks, you sign a bunch of guys, and I mean, we were saying the same thing about Zach Ertz up until he just exploded and ended the year with the most receiving yards he's had in his career, I believe, and the uh, the most catches he's had in his career. So. Um, you know, maybe give Vinny Curry a little longer. I mean, I, I'd like to see him start. I mean, I, I don't get why Connor Barwin, uh, the other ghost defensive end that we had, was on the field so much. He's gone. Um, I, I mean, I, I just I, – I, yeah, he's going to be gone. And I think Vinny Curry deserves a chance to start 16 games and see the body of work that he can put, he can put together. But, you know, he has a lot to work on. And he, re- he really is, like, the most held, non-called defensive end ever. Like, he gets held – Every play, I feel, and it's never called. So it's like, all right, we'll get someone in there that'll get the damn call. I don't know, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it's tough. To, it's tough to. It's really tough to evaluate Vinny Curry. Just he's just a weird player. I, I don't get him. I don't. I don't understand. Talking on the line with good friend of the show, Tom Oresco from Inside the Eagles, Fourth and John, and just general everyday. Cowboy fan bashing on Twitter. Um, I, for me, part, part I, 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 Tim, I kid you not. I spend a good portion of my day just sitting around watching t- Twitter, watching Tom obliterate Cowboys fans. You know, every now and then maybe a Redskins fan might come and pop off, but uh, yeah. him and another friend of the show, uh, the PH Sports Goddess. Mm-hmm. All day, I love her. all day, just obliterating Cowboys fans and Redskins fans. 
And for me, I, I just sit there. I'm, 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 I'm Kermit the Frog drinking tea. I'm just sitting there looking, for, and and I'll chime in every now and then. Like, like I'm, 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 I'm totally out of it. But you know, every now and then, like they'll sit there and they'll just pound these dudes into the ground, and I'll just come in and throw in a quick jab, real quick. Like, yeah, you guys suck, and you guys haven't won since since Roseanne was on the air, or <laughs> last time the Cowboys won. You know. George Bush's father was 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 president, you know stuff like that. I really think Roseanne was on the air. It, it, That's it, crazy. Yeah, dude. Roseanne was on the air for like forever. Yeah, yeah, dude. Cowboys have Cowboys and the Redskins. You know they talk about no rings, but but ninety five percent of the people on Twitter talking about the Cowboys and the Redskins rings don't the remember Redskins the Cowboys. Bill Cosby was a cold hero. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're they're my age. They talk of they're they're you know they're they're younger than me. I'm 27 years old. They're younger than me. They're 22, 23 year olds talking about, oh, how many rings do you have? I'm like, dude, how many rings do you have? You haven't seen them. Yeah. Your dad has to tell you about your rings. All right, yeah. don't you know if you got to go to your if you got to if you got to read a history book for your your championship rings, then don't jump in the conversation. All right, right. play this right. simple. Exactly. Play this simple. Tell you, you know, they couldn't tell you who started it you know, nickel cornerback that day or anything about that, any little thing detail about exactly. that they know now. It's like name three people on that Redskins team. And they'll say like Joe Theismann, which would be. Yeah, yeah, they'll say exactly. They'll name the yeah. Hall of Famers, but they, they don't know the, the intricate details. They, they didn't know anything about yeah. this team. It's, weasels. It's, it's not what we're talking about. Bunch of weasels. Bunch, bunch <laughs> of losers. And they all live in like L.A. Yeah. And like the Cowboys fans. They're a bunch of Cowboys, L.A. Cowboys fans. In my in my life, still, for I'm for, look, look, man. Tom is twenty seven. You are thirty. Just turned thirty. Happy belated birthday! Thank too. you. I am forty. I have never met a Cowboys fan from the state of Texas. Yeah, that's weird. I, I've you know, never. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. I actually went to um, Arlington. I guess it was called Eight. What is it called? AT&T? Yeah. It, it was called Cowboy Stadium at the time. It was the game where Deshaun Jackson fell back was in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at that game. And my friend who who loved the Cowboys so much was lived in, like, Washington, D.C. and got hired by How the Cowboys. I don't understand. It's amazing. So I, I, it's just the star, I guess, man. Like, it's just the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, yeah, popular, crazy. just a popular team. Yeah, whatever, man. They're losers. That's enough. That's enough wasted breath on loser Cowboys fans. Let's get back to teams that matter, like our Eagles. All right, the draft yeah, is coming sure. up, and aside from beating down on Cowboys fans and Redskins fans on Twitter, you've been beating the drum for uh, Dalvin Cook. Yes. One, do you even think he's going to be there at fifteen or fourteen? I'm starting to convince myself that he won't be, so I don't get attached to him, and then I get disappointed when we don't get him because that dude is so dynamic. He's such a playmaker. He's the most complete. He might be the best playmaker in the entire draft, to be honest with you. He's he's better than Leonard Fournette. He's more complete than Leonard Fournette, and I think Leonard Fournette has boom or bust written all over him. Huge yeah, I agree risk. with that because because injury, really injury risk. Yep, injury risk. I think he needs a really good offensive line. He's not a make something out of nothing type back. I mean, he's a monster. Don't get me wrong. He's if I'm wrong about Leonard Fournette, it's going to be in a huge way because he's going to either be Adrian Peterson or he's going to be 
Trent Richardson. I really don't think there's an in-between on him. Dalvin Cook, I think Dalvin Cook is, honestly, he's like the next Brian Westbrook type running back or or something, Jamal Charles, something like that. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can block. He can... Uh, he can do he can do everything. I'll walk the dog. He'll mow the lawn. He does anything. Runs inside, outside. He's six foot two, fifteen. That's a big running back. I mean, and the way he hits the hole at that size, he, he's a, he's a monster. And he's going to be for the next you know ten years in the NFL. So if we can get our hands on him, I think you're going to have to see a trade up. But um, I don't know if that's the direction they want to go. But that's that's my that's my top guy, and I've said it since August of you know of, of last year of 2016 you know just watching him keeping track of him um and and i i really do like that guy so uh, you know i can't say enough about him but listen you you know that's not happening right and not that not that i don't like just, him or that's just, a, just so so easily just killed this man no dream. i'm sorry he but, told you he wanted this guy since august <laughs> and you just just flippantly yeah you know that's not gonna happen no right? no i'm in terms of the philosophy in terms of this is a Andy Reid, you know, style offense. Why I don't do, buy that. They, they're not going to pick. It, it, it would be a wasted, a, a wasted no draft pick to draft a guy like this. I disagree with that completely. When he, you, you know, you have a, a offense that doesn't feature the running back. Oh, well, we were tenth in the league in rushing attempts mm-hmm. per game. But and, and nonetheless, it's like we. You know, we can sit we, we sit here and I've heard that argument and I've heard people invoke the name of Andy Reid. But it's like Andy Reid didn't like to run the ball. Andy Reid didn't like to run the ball. Still had Shady on the team. Andy Reid, you know, Andy okay. Reid didn't like to run the ball. Still had Westbrook on the team. You know, we're you talking about the Remember the three-headed monster? Remember yeah. when the three-headed monster was yeah. when, 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 yeah, Westbrook, Bocalter, and, 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 and Staley. You know, and it, it's like – we, we we say that, but it's like no, you know, if if we have a if we have an every down running back, a running back that you know kind of that invokes a little bit of fear in teams, they will run trust. the they will run the ball, they okay. they yep. will run the ball. They, they did it last year again, like I said, tenth in the league in 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 yards per carry, or not? I'm sorry, in in attempts per game. It didn't seem like it. <laughs> Maybe because it was Carson kept throwing the ball so much. It didn't feel like they were tenth in the league in rushing attempts. You're right, they, and and that's that's crazy. That's crazy. They rushed the ball twenty seven times per game, which is tenth in the NFL. Um, and and you know the the bottom line is it, it might not be the most run heavy offense, but you still need to give the running back about twenty to twenty five touches. And where are those touches going to go? Are they going to be spread out throughout Sproles, Smallwood, and some other late rounder, or do you just want to get Calvin Cook or, you know, a lead back that you can give the ball to 25 times a game and you don't have to worry about where those touches are going to go to. You you have, you know, uh, you you have that you have that, that that dynamic playmaker like John said and you can you can do that. Yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. And I and to me, maybe I don't think we're going to get a player like Cook, but but I think this, I think my philosophy is I know people have never wanted to feature Darren Sproles as the feature back, but it's a way you do it. I think you give Sproles not 20, 25 carries, you give him 15, and then you let a guy like Smallwood develop and give him the other 15 carries per game. Uh, I, 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 would rather, I, I would rather go out and get a bona fide number one running back. I feel like at this point now, we, we, you know, with the fact, the fact that we have a 
we have our franchise quarterback. I feel right. like now, the, now the, I want get it right. I don't want hybrids. I don't want uh, you know. I don't want hey, let's make do with you know. Well, what's more I, don't, I don't. I don't want it. I don't. That's. I feel like that's jerry rigging your uh your run your running back court. Well, what's the, more important? Right. Getting getting the hot getting the best receiver available or getting the hot running back. To me, Before to me, Carson it's wins and this offense. To me, it's either or. I want yeah, a, exactly. I want a number one wide receiver. I and and I I look at it like this, and I've been saying this on Twitter now for three four weeks. I want a top of the draft like '09. Remember the '09 draft? That was Jeremy Macklin in the first round. That was Shady, Shady in the in second. The yeah, uh, your first, your second, and possibly your third <laughs> round draft. That was a good draft. <laughs> yeah. Well, the back of the draft was kind of well, garbage, but, but the first they nailed but, it. But 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 look at it. 08 and 09. In 08, their first round, they got to Sean. In no, 09, second. Oh, second round. Second, yeah, second. Yeah. Who was the first? I don't remember the first, first pick, round. though. Yeah, their, their first, oh, okay, yeah, 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 their yeah, first yeah, pick yeah. of the draft. Yeah, that's, they, that's what I mean. They traded back. Yeah, yeah. They, traded, they traded back and got to Sean they, Jackson. And then, they, and then they picked, like, Trevor Laws or something. Yeah, Trevor, ooh. They they, right. they, they they praise Trevor Law so that's, much. That's that's see that's 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 the you know that's the yang that goes with the yang. Yeah, you know it's like yeah, yeah it's like Deshaun Jackson. That was a great draft. Yeah, then then we then we took Trevor Law. Because they really had a lot of expectations for Trevor Laws. Yeah. I don't I yeah. can't yeah, remember any players they really made ever. Nah, uh, he sacked Eli once. He was always hurt. Okay. Yeah. He, he, he sacked Eli. Had Eli yeah. on the sideline with the, with with the, with the screw Puppy face, face yeah. yeah. But not, but nonetheless, what but what I'm saying is, I need I need that. I want your first, uh, the first, no matter what, the first, your second, and your third round draft pick, po- well, possibly your third round draft pick in this draft need to start day one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Absolutely. that's what I need. No matter who, no matter who they get, whether they get it, whether they go out and get a DB. And a wide receiver and a running back, or a running back, wide receiver, and a DB, or an offensive lineman, a DB, and a wide receiver, whatever. One, two, three. All start mm-hmm. week one. That's what I right. need. You really putting a lot of right. hope in Howie Roseman. No, 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 no. But, but, no but you know what? I, that doesn't I, always I understand happen. That. That's not prototypical. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. I know this is a tall order. I know I'm not. I'm, I'm asking for a hell of a lot, but you know what? That's what you need to do. You brought mm-hmm. this. You know, you brought in Joe Douglas from the Ravens. So it's mm-hmm. like he. So the one thing the Ravens have had a lot of over the years are home run drafts. Continuity. You know, they've had mm-hmm. drafts where you're coming out when you're sitting there and you're looking at the players that they got and the cornerstones of their organizations and how many times they've had cornerstone players out of that organization come out of the same draft. Very mm-hmm. first draft out the shoot, Ray mm-hmm. Lewis and John Ogden. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, Terrell Suggs. Ray Rice, Joe you Flacco, know, Joe Flacco. Was Michael Orr a natural draft pick for them? No, uh, I think he uh, was. Yeah. yeah, I think he was. And then he later went to like other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you're that's, right. Yeah, that's another guy. But, but but nonetheless, Todd Heap. You know, Todd uh, Heap. What a name! I forgot about Todd Heap. I, I spent yeah. I spent ten years yeah. in Baltimore. Spent oh, okay. ten years in Baltimore. Okay. I, co- I covered that team for a long time. But non- but nonetheless, but but what I'm saying is, Joe Douglas spent years studying under Ozzie Newsom, who's had great drafts, and now it's like this is that's what this team needs. You know, if if they're going to be close, now we understand that this is not an overnight, this is not an overnight thing. I accept that, I understand that. However, you could. 
turning that corner becomes easier if he is able to he, how to me there can't be no Marcus Smiths mm-hmm. can't be no Danny Watkins can't be yep. no Michael Kendricks can't be no uh Nelson Ak- Michael, Kendrick? Michael like, Kendricks is garbage man what do you mean what's up with my, what, what why do you say what's up with Michael Kendricks like we haven't watched him play together Michael Kendricks and Nelson why can't you in the same breath why can't you? Michael Kendrick was borderline a Pro Bowl player at, at one point. Now, no, who else is a borderline? Come, come on, man. No, I'm no. a borderline Pro Bowl player. No, I could either go or I can't. That's the choice. That's not going has done nothing. No, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. Michael Kendrick to him. Yes, I can. Right. I, right. I can and I did. I can and I did. I, I think when you when you have guys like Marcus Smith and things like that, I think that comes of a of a product of overthinking your draft board. Yes. And I think that yes. guys like Alvin Cook, that's a lob. Like this dude has been a monster for two straight years now. He's got the build of an NFL running back already. He's got the speed of an NFL running back already. And and Howie Roseman, if you have to trade up four or five spots to get him then just do it. I mean, you can't miss with a guy like that. And I, I don't want more misses. I don't want to pick some some guy you never heard of or that just popped up a month ago because he had a good combine and you go trade back because whatever the case may be, and you trade back and you get this sleeper guy in the first round that yeah. no one ever heard. I, I don't want to do that again. I want a guy that's been talked about for two I agree. years now. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, Corey Davis is a monster too, but yeah. even – even he just popped up this year, kind of. I mean, just started getting more national recognition, despite the fact that I think he's going to be very good. But Dalvin Cook, I think Dalvin Cook is your chance to get. I don't care what position the guy plays. In round one, I just want a, a playmaker that will be here for eight to ten years with Carson Wentz. Carson can defer to him, lean on him. It's a guy that you say, just get that guy the ball. When you need a big drive, when you need a big play, when you need a big third down, you're not going Detroit Lions game, toss to Ryan Matthews, and he fumbles and you lose that. You're going Dalvin Cook inside over Jason Peters, over Lane Johnson, whoever, and he's going to get the first down because he's that good. I mean, I I, I understand what you're saying with Smallwood and Sproles and, you know, splitting carries up and stuff like that, but they're just simply not as good as Dalvin Cook. He's just – Sometimes you just look at it like that. Like Dalvin Cook is the real deal, and if we if we don't get him, he's gonna he's gonna torture the league for years, and we're gonna be like, damn, remember when we could have got that guy, and we didn't want to trade up three spots to get him, and the Colts did instead, and now they're going to the AFC Championship again. Like I just don't want that to happen. No, I I, I can I I completely agree. Now I I I said to, to me a player like Dalvin Cook makes having a Wendell Smallwood and a Darren Sproles still on this team acceptable to me. Like, for yeah, me, yeah. It's like I don't want them to be the answer. I want them to right. be pieces. Like, for, for me, like, now, we, you know, we talk about Corey Davis, talk about Mike Williams. Those are the type of, like, those are the players. Like, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Mike Williams and Deshaun Jackson makes Nelson Aguilar on this team that much more acceptable. Right. Like, I don't want... Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Matthews, and Nelson Aguilar. Right. You know, like, for me, and I feel like the way the plan the plan got derailed, the the thing, the, the, the plan with this wide receiver core got derailed when Jeremy Macklin left. I don't think they were prepared for Jeremy Macklin to leave. Now, they jettisoned, they shipped D-Jacks out of there. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're gone. Yeah. But I think this team believed that Jeremy Macklin was going to stay. 
Big Red. And went, and big went, red yeah, Big Red in. came in, swooped, swooped in with some dough, and Jeremy Macklin was and out. home of, cooking. Yeah. And Macklin was out of there, and then that thrusted Jordan Matthews into the number one wide receiver position <laughs> before he was ready. I liked yep. Jordan Matthews when Macklin he was, was here. Guy. Yeah, right, he, right. Yeah. So for for me, it's like I like Deshaun Jackson. I don't mind him being back here. I mind him being back here as the number one wide receiver. I don't want – and for me, if now that I have a franchise quarterback, I don't want a one-ish type of player. I don't want yeah. – you know, like – you know, like you know, what, what are the things you hear when you when people talk about Deshaun Jackson? Oh, he's like a one, number one wide receiver. No, they don't. He's, he, he's, 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 he's sort he's of a not, 1A. He's, a, he's Ryan Howard on the football field. No, he's not even Ryan yeah. Howard. No, I wouldn't even say he's Ryan, Ryan Howard. Howard. He either hits the home run or he doesn't. Okay, okay. all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, all right. I'm not talking about like 07 Ryan Howard, but like 09, 2010 Ryan Howard. Right. That's what he is. He said, I'm not talking 07 right. when Ryan when, Howard When was he was hitting beast. for average, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking. No, no, wait, no, 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 listen, listen. So, 09, 2010, yeah. Ryan Howard was not the same anymore. No, 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 but he was I, still hitting home no, runs. I'm saying, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I just still right. think it's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good comparison. Honestly, it's a really good comparison that I've never heard before. To be to be completely honest, that, that's I like that comparison a lot. He's, he's a home runner or bust. It's, he, a lot of people say it, and I think that that's very acceptable to have on the team, but not as your answer. You yeah. know, like yeah. you need your Odell, you need your Dez, you need exactly. your Antonio Brown, you need your Julio Jones. Exactly. You, you don't need to keep filling in with these stopgap guys that are like going to give you because that's and, and then that's it. Kind of goes back to the whole running back thing. It's like people are like, oh, well, you can find a gem in the late rounds. It's like, yeah, well, do you want to have a, an offense filled with fourth round talents that might turn out to be something, or do you just want to get Dalvin Cook, who's a first round talent, or Corey Davis, who's a first round talent? You know, it, it's it's pretty simple when you get that QB. You got to start hot, highly prioritizing offense in the draft and teams like the Rams and the Colts haven't didn't do that for Sam Bradford and didn't do that for Andrew Luck and now now that's you see their how their careers are going or maybe you draft you know your Mike Williams in the first round get yourself a Deshaun or get your cook and get yourself a Deshaun that way you do give Carson Wentz some time because you know especially Wentz he loves to throw the ball deep he can just as as long as uh, Deshaun has any type of speed that's all Wentz has to do is just right and then it'll open up everything for everyone else. And you, you still get, you know, those young players that provide a future. Yeah. But you also get some guys that can maybe make some plays now to relieve the pressure and the stress from guys like Aguilar, Jordan Matthews, things like that. So, so what, what, do you th- what, what do you think about, you know, the philosophy of Roseman? Like, so another thing that annoyed me about yesterday was that, you know, the concept, he basically bought himself for three, three or four years, which I didn't like. I understand that he said we have we have a lot to do, a lot of work to do and we do. My thing was, I want to hear him say, "I want to win the Super Bowl. I want to win the Super Bowl every year, but not at the expense of tearing down the franchise." As opposed to, we got a lot of work to do and we're not ready yet. Leave it at that. I think yeah. it's a different mindset. He's I feel like he's punting the next two years mentally, and not even mm-hmm. focused on winning the Super Bowl. But but not without gambling the franchise. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like he's the anti-chip when there's a happy medium. Right. 
Right. I, I think that uh, I think that it's it kind of good comparison is it, it's funny in the same city we're trusting the process and we've lost what 230 games and uh, uh, the Sixers have lost 230 games and oh it's all good because we have Joel Embiid. It's like Howie's kind of saying the same thing. It's kind of not hey we're tanking on purpose, but it's like listen this is going to take a while. You know we're not we're not where we need to be right now. And I, I don't think necessarily he, he bought himself extra years. I think that Jeffrey Lurie gave him those mm. years because I think Lurie knows that this fan base is, is like a bunch of like salivating animals when it comes to the, the Eagles. They just want to win so bad every year. And that's just, sometimes it's not realistic. So I think that they're trying to paint Howie Roseman in a light where it's like, look, they have this vision. They've identified their best players. They've, you know, they've done everything they can do right now to build something for the future. And I think that in such a win now society, you kind of have to tell your fans that and try to convince them of, of a future that's to come. And I think the Sixers did that really well because their fans could care less that they win 10 to 15 games every year because they know they're getting good players every year. But so, it's different, though. Like It's different because, like, in the NBA, you have to have a couple of superstars. In the NFL right. – Magic can happen overnight if it just if it just clicks. But, not always, but it can happen. But NBA, magic, you have no chance. But but magic, magic can happen. But I think that that is just it. I mean, they're as they built through as they built through the draft, and they decide you know they're trying to build for the long run. It's like there's no there there nothing there's nothing to say that maybe they catch lightning in a bottle. You know, as they're as you know, you have a good. There's a team that won seven, seven games. Okay. There's a team that won seven games. Say you get better personnel. Say you do – say that top of the draft – you do get three difference makers at the top of your draft. Right. And, and then, yep, exactly. And then, two, and then you instantly win two more wins. You get two more wins. So you go from seven and nine to nine and seven. And, and but maybe sneak into and, the and, playoffs. And sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. And the NFL is a sport where – all you have to do is get in, and you have a chance. Now, once again, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to be like, look, man, I was listening to the best in the world sports report, and John Brown was calling for a Super Bowl. But I'm pointing out the fact that we are in a division with the New York Giants, who twice won a Super Bowl from 9-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So I'm, saying it can, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not even saying right. they're close. But... Mm-hmm. It could happen. You know, it, it could happen. All you have to do, it, you know, the first step needs to be a great draft. Right. That's right. where it exactly. all, you know, that's that's where it all stems from. And unfortunately, because this team ain't make the playoffs, we're still talking about the draft. And we'll be talking about the draft from, what, four days after the season ended until whatever, whatever in May the draft comes. But – it is what yep. it is. Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. They're not they're not purposely losing, or they're not against winning. Or they're not you know they're not saying look we're not going to win and we're not going to try to win or whatever. But it's kind of up in the air. They have to have a good draft. They have to get those difference makers, and they have to get in the playoffs to start and get some experience for these young players like Carson Wentz and some of the other guys that haven't really tasted that playoff atmosphere yet. And nine and seven, you know, you get a couple of difference makers. You make a couple of those plays in those games, and you go as the six seed or the five seed in the wild card playoffs. And maybe, maybe you know, you, you you might win a game, you might lose a game, but I, I think it starts getting there first. 
and you can get hot, but at the end of the day, I think that building, you know, building for the long haul rather than going for the overnight success dream team type style, I'd rather just bank my chances on, you know, gathering young talent and then eventually hoping that it all clicks. But yeah, you know, I just hope that Howie, you know, is not so focused on the long term that he doesn't see. You know right. the league that he's in, and it's not a. It is, and it still is a win now league. For You're him. right. It is. That's that's the only. How does how we see it? We know how we see it, but mm-hmm. let's say like someone, one of our um, producers at you know Comcast Sportsnet said today, the worst thing that how that happened to Howie was the Eagles starting out at three and up. Three and up. Yeah. And, and and that's scary. Oh, I've never bought that. How was three win? There's, there's no. I, I don't understand a situation where three wins are bad. Yeah. What, what, what would you rather do? Lose no, I, no, I'm not saying. I'm saying for Howie, for Howie, that was the worst thing. Because all of a sudden now, I go, I have to go out there and get DGB. He wouldn't have gotten DGB if they weren't start out three and zero. They got DGB before. Yeah, yeah, they got. They were Oh no, they got before the season started. Yeah, I thought it was a mid-season pickup. That's my fault. Excuse me. But but nonetheless, it's like okay, I understand. In the end, they turned out to be what we all thought they would be. Right. But nonetheless, they won three games. And now and, – and they won three games, and you've come out of the season knowing that Carson Wentz is your starting, is your starting quarterback. There is no que- – that is the one position on this team there are no question marks about. And you know what? Yeah, it's disappointing in the fact that they weren't able to maintain that momentum and turn that into a playoff run. But to me mm-hmm. – I don't get the I don't get the oh that's such a terrible thing that's so bad that you know it's it's the worst thing that happened is they started three and zero it's three wins I'll take my I'll t- yeah. get, I'm never gonna give back three wins for my team you know yeah exactly I think expectations for the fans rose and that that hurt the fans but I mean that's just it you have to understand the fans have to understand that it's a 16 game season. And if you go three and oh, you can easily finish seven and nine. And I think that having that perspective, you know, the casual fan will look at it and be like, Oh man, like three, and oh, this team looked like super bowl. Like they'll start saying super bowl, but it's like not the long season. Like you gotta see what happens. And, and you're right. They, they turned out to be exactly what, uh, what we thought they'd be. And that was just a team in, in rebuilding that doesn't really have many offensive weapons that had a lack of resources because of the, the trade up for Wentz and, all of that, and they needed some all offensive line depth in the later rounds, and they didn't really have the luxury of taking these skill position players. But this year, they do, and that's kind of what they have to do now: is go in and get these skill position players. And I think that as long as you're bringing in exciting talent and guys that make the team better, right in front of the fans' eyes, I think people will be all right with how you're. But if you go in and you get some bums, get some guys that stink and they don't look like they're going to be any good, like Marcus Smith and those kind of guys, then, then you're then you're you're going to see some backlash from the fans. But regardless of the win loss, I think that improvement in the roster internally and from the draft, getting some more fan favorites, getting your new Shady, your new Djax, your new Macklins, you know, your your guys like that. I think that if you can get guys like that in the next two three drafts, I think people will be very very, very lenient with, you know, what the team does as far as, you know, making the playoffs, winning a game, taking it slower and stuff like that. So I, I really just – I really pray that they get a guy like Cook or Davis because those guys 
they're instant like spark plugs in your offense, and you just you need guys like that. You you you, you mentioned a name um, that is brought up a couple of times, Marcus Smith. That's a quick question. Do you think he's how how much are they going to you know stay with him, or do you think there's a potential that he's gone, or will is there a chance for him to become a Brandon Graham type? Will they give him a chance? To they become? didn't even let that dude clean out his locker. <laughs> they told him just go straight to your cards. Just go on home, son. I, I, you know, um, we said the same thing about Brandon Graham for years ago. That's what, you know, that's all right. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's okay. I, I don't think he's going to be a first. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's a first rounder uh, uh, at all. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's on your team and he's improving every year. And at this point, you know, he's getting what into what third or third year. Fourth. He's just he's going to get better every year. So I mean, as far as depth goes, he's cheap. He's you know, he'll probably come back on a cheap deal as a, as a rotational guy. Yeah, he's actually in the rotation now. Yeah, and, and he's, he's, he's all right. He's, he's, not, he's not horrendous. He's just not the – he's not, you know, J.J. Watt first-round type pick. He's, you know, he's just a rotational guy, which is unfortunate. But, you know, usually you'd want those guys later in the draft. But now that we have them, it's like, well, it's not hurting us. It's not like it's costing us anything. So might as, might as well give him a shot. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I – <laughs> I, I I want to get him a shot right out of the canning, right at, right out of town. But Tom, once again, Tom Oresco from Inside the Eagles, uh, views from the link, Fourth and John. If 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 there's some if there is an entity in Philly where people are talking about the Eagles, I'm pretty sure Tom Oresco is down with them. Yeah. Said, you know, I think Tom, are you Jamaican? You got like thirty-two jobs, man. <laughs> or, I don't know. We okay, we've yeah. been all, we've been all about stereotypes so far this week on this on this show. But Tom, I just want to thank you for coming on, calling in. It's always a pleasure, my brother. Absolutely, good talking with you guys. Good talking birds and uh, go Eagles. Hopefully, see you guys around the draft. It's in Philly, so maybe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You forgot that, didn't oh, you? Yeah, we did make it have. Uh, How'd you forget? On-site, uh... On, on site. On site. What do you mean? In the woods across from the. Uh, for, for the we're going to be in a park. We're going to be in a. FDR. Yeah, we're going to be. Gonna be gonna, gonna, no, no, it's going to be at the right? art museum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll be in FDR nowhere near the uh, the draft. That's where, that, that's where we'll be. We'll be. We'll, we'll, still, we'll still be in uh, in the Link parking lot trying to tailgate in there the wrong go. spot. <laughs> All right. There you go. Hey, Tom, thanks a lot, brother. Hey, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Once again, our friend Tom Oresco. That's a good dude, man. Knowledgeable. Right? Not, exactly, man. Exactly. Good to, good to have him on the show. Good to talk to him. Tim. Tim Parker from Brothers Talking Pucks. Banging on the table. He's here. Yes. Thank, thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me. Hey, tell us, about, well, tell us what's going on on Brothers Talking Pucks this week. We got uh, talking to Steve Mason, as usual. But um, what's up with the Flyers? You know, how can they fix it? How will Michael Nervous return? You know, help the Flyers or hurt the Flyers in terms of Mason Psyche. Yeah, Jordan Hall, you see us in Fleet.com. He works, covers the Flyers for the team. And we got uh, Daryl Bell. Daryl Bell. Bell from uh, the Undefeated. The first brother on Brother Talk, Brothers Talking Pucks yes. about a very special um, article. They're looking into the psyche of Wayne Simmons. Alright, so look, once again, that is Brothers Talking Pucks. That podcast is also available right now. You can find that on the new network, soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports. You can also find that on the Independence Philly. 
That's the independencephilly.tumblr.com. Find that on Facebook. You can find that, you know, it's there. All right. Just look up the Independence Philly. All right. Also look up the Best in the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown. Best in the World. That's right. We are the best in the world. Say that one more time. Best in the World Sports Report. There you go. Best in the World Sports Report. We will be back. My suit can still make an impression. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. And we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. What's going on? My name is John Brown. I want to give a shout out to my man, Tim Parker. Thanks for coming in. Tim is on his way home. Tom Oresco inside the Eagles, fourth and John. You know, it's always always cool to have him on. Tom is a good dude. He, all, he knows his stuff. Like I said earlier, he, he's a guy, he spends all day on Twitter just obliterating Cowboys fans. So I got to love a guy like that. You know, shout out to him. Shout out to uh, Inside the Eagles, uh, the Fourth and John crew. I gotta get Tim. Probably call my man Triple V. We gotta take. We gotta. We gotta orchestrate a Fourth and John takeover. If you like their podcast, maybe you know, maybe the best in the world need it. Maybe we should do that. We, you know, in fact, you know, let me let me bring in my man uh, Triple V Vince Villani. Triple V, what's going on? What's up, JV? I think, Belated Happy New Year to hey, you. Thank you. I think the two of us, we should form like an NWO of podcasts. And we just go around through podcasts and just take over. Like people are talking, they're you know doing whatever they do in their little podcast. And we just walk in and just snatch the mic from them, kick the crap <laughs> out of them, and then just host the rest of their show ourselves. What do you think of that? I don't Kind of like the Outsiders did the WCW yes, in 1995. Yes, that's exactly what it is, man. Um, in fact, because I'm generous, I will let you be Nash and I'll be Scott Hall. <laughs> yeah, but that means you get all the good mic work. I get all. All right. Well, look, we'll, 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 we'll flip it up then. You know. All right, fine. I'll can be I, Na- I'll be Nash. You be Scott Hall. Can I be? Can I be um, Six Pac? All right. You get. You know. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. You know, as as long as I'm not Buff Bagwell. Why are there? Are, I mean, there, I'm curious as to why you want to do this. Are there people that are crapping on the best in the world sports report right no, now? No, not at all. Oh, okay, not at all. Nobody craps on the. It's fun. Nobody craps on the best in the world sports report. Everyone, you know, you know they 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 show us love because now you know, as you know, we're coming up on the second anniversary. Yeah, big week uh, next week. Yeah, big week. Second anniversary of the best in the world sports report, and two years in, we're like 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 fossils now. We're like you know we're like the seasoned vets of like Philly sports podcasts. You know, people want to be where we are. You know, to have been doing it as long as we've done it, or you know, uh, some sort of regularity. Right. So, who knows? Anyway. Wanted to bring you in real quick. Talk, uh, just you know, just shoot the breeze because I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, been busy with the holidays. The NFL season, regular season wrapped up. We're heading into the playoffs this weekend. Unfortunately, unfortunately you know, for us, expected, it don't mean a darn yeah. thing to us. Don't yeah, mean nothing to us. We're at in, least the other three. At least only two of the 
two of the four NFC East teams yeah. made it because it could have been three. If the Redskins would have beat the Giants, it would have been three. Could have been three. But at least it's only and two of them. I, yeah. I completely enjoyed the choke job that was the Washington Redskins because I, uh, yeah, I, I, could, I, could, I could not stomach the idea of three of the four NFC East teams going to the playoffs with the fourth being us. So, as long you know the fact you know the fact that the, the Redskins and the Redskins fans are home watching the playoffs on their couch in front of their televisions, just like us. That is, you know, I I take solace in that. You know that that makes the pill slightly easier to swallow. You know, I I'm glad I, I'm. Of, of the other teams in the NFC East, uh, the way I rank them as far as hatred goes, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Dallas won, mm-hmm. um, Redskins are 1A mm-hmm. slash 2, and the Giants are 3. Yeah. I, I actually can tolerate the Giants. No, I, I, um, I, com- I completely agree. I hate, and, I hate the Giants the least of the NFC East teams. I hate them all, but of the three – I would rank them the exact same way as you. I go Cowboys, yeah. absolute, total hate. Uh, Redskins, one hundred very close, and, very close to yeah. And, and the cow and the Giants just suck, you know. And and you, it's interesting because I I don't feel like I think the reason I'm a little soft on the Giants and I can accept them and tolerate them is because they did beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl not once but, but twice. twice yeah. okay. and, and, and and I absolutely can't stand the Patriots. No, so so I mean I, I and and I you know I appreciate that, you know, them doing that because that didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Now if the Redskins would have won those two Super Bowls, that would have bothered me. Mm-hmm. But I, it didn't bother right, so me that saying, Eli, if, Eli Manning's if, if a good Reds, dude. If the Redskins beat if the Redskins beat the uh the Patriots twice, that would piss you off. Yeah, because yeah. um, I just I, – I can't tolerate them. But I can to- – like, Eli Manning's a good dude. Tom Coughlin was a respectable head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, the team was a hard-nosed team, kind of like the Eagles, built around defense mm-hmm. and solid quarterback play like the Eagles did. You know, their, their formula is very similar to what the Eagles did, you know, in the 2000s with McNabb and a solid defense. Yeah. That's how the Giants won those two Super Bowls. So, you know, but hey, the Eagles, 7-9, and nine, J.B., you know, you asked me a week before the regular season would have started. You said you said, "Hey, Vince, Carson Wentz is our starting quarterback for 16 games, and the Eagles go seven and nine. I would have said, "Sold. I'll take it." Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's not a disappointment with a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. and you know, and a, and a rookie head coach and a horrible receiving core and a suspect offensive line and a horrible secondary. But you know what? I think what ruined it was they teased us and they started three and zero going into the bye week, but then you know they went four and nine the rest of the way. But seven and nine with a rookie quarterback and rookie head coach is not is, is not that bad. I mean we're not the Cleveland Browns. We're not one and fifteen. No. Seven and nine is something you can build on, you know. You and there were some really and there were some good parts to the season. And the team got seemed to, there were some units of the team specifically the offensive line, and the linebacker core that seemed to get better as the season went on. And that, you know, there's hope for next year. 
there, 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 there's hope for next year. And uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, Doug, Doug Peterson had said in his day, uh, excuse me, in his post game press conference on Sunday, he said that he thought that the Eagles were close, and that pissed a lot of people off. And I'm taught, and, and for me, I feel like football, the NFL in general, is a sport where you can be close but far. In the sense that, you know what, if they draft well, if they, you know, not, if they hit this draft out of the park and can come back with, you know, some bona fide draft picks to fill, you know, to build around, you have your start, you have your starting quarterback, you get that starting court, you get that starting quarterback, a decent running back, uh, you know, a stud running back stud wide receiver and it's possible this team has done it before they did it in 09 they did it with Jer- you know in 09 Jeremy Macklin in the first round Shady in the second round so you can't tell me that it can't be done for me I feel like that's what I need from Howie Roseman and the Eagles this offseason I need you know I need that first that second and possibly that third pick to be, you know, they those three guys, the first, second, and third round picks must be starters week one. Period. That's what well, I, you and, know, that's what I need. And I and I like that thinking. And I'm going to throw out a couple ideas for that first, second, and third round pick. I okay. say first round you go receiver. Second round, you go running back. Third round, you go offensive lineman, preferably a guard or a tackle. Mm-hmm. And here, let me throw some names out there. Okay. First round receivers, the kid from Clemson, Mike Williams, okay. absolute I like, beast. I like it. If he's there, get him. If he's not there, the kid Davis from uh, Western Michigan, yes. that kid is like, uh, is like T.O. You know, in his prime. That kid is unreal. And as far as running backs go in round number two, there's only one name they should be targeting, and it's Dalvin Cook from Florida State. That kid is a beast, and they're thinking he's going to fall to the second round. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Not only is he a power back, but he's got got a speed burst that rivals very few. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is truly the ultimate back, and he's healthy. he's, He's played a lot of football in Tallahassee, and he never breaks down. He's healthy. You know, he's not Leonard. Leonard Fournette is injury prone. Stay away from Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. He couldn't stay healthy this year at LSU. Give me a guy like Dalvin Cook every day of the week. He's like that dynamic back, man. Oh, yeah. You know, I I would love to see those guys in in Kelly Green. I hear you because that, I mean, that's something we we, we talked about. Uh, Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Oresco, who was on the show earlier, he is a big, big, big proponent. Of Dalvin Cook, you know, above all else, he would like the Eagles to get Dalvin Cook. He would like the Eagles to take Dalvin Cook in the first round with that pick. If they're at fifteen, you know, fourteen or fifteen, he wants to see them get Dalvin Cook then. So don't risk losing him. Yeah, I like but, that idea. But Cook, uh, Davis, Williams, either you know any of those guys in the first round would be cool. And if somehow. I- you know, how he's able to pull off the miracle and get two of those three. I'm due the moon, dog. I, 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 yeah, and that 
That's what Wentz needs, man. Everybody said it. He has all the tools. He proved this year that he is going to be a stud quarterback, possibly, dare I use the word, an elite quarterback. You know, I, he, has, he had the worst wide receiving core in the entire NFL this year, and they went 7-9. and nine. Think about that. He had the worst wide receiving core in the whole league, and they went seven and nine. You get him some more weapons and, a, and an every down back, you know, not where you're constantly trading backs in and out, mm-hmm. man, it would make him even better, even better, because he has all the tools. And he stayed healthy. I mean, he took a lot of hits. And he, he started all 16 games. First time an Eagles quarterback has done that since McNugget back in, like, 09. Did you just call him McNugget? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So t- at this point, you know, I, I you have to, you know, you, you really, it's it's just about the draft now, you know, figure out what, you know, where you're going to pick 14 or 15 and, and just getting a guy in here who can make it, you know, make a difference. That's, that's where we are with the Eagles. Um, before I let you go, wanted to get, uh, wanted to get your quick thoughts on, uh, the state of the Sixers really wanted to talk. Sure. Uh, just talk Sixers, and it's really start to me. It's really starting to appear obvious, as you know. Despite the fact, you know, people, I understand people have their opinions, and they see this log jam of big men, and they see that the problems that it it is is having. But above all else, I feel like before they trade Okafor or Noel or whoever they're going to trade. This team needs a point guard. That is the reason why they're having the problems that they're having. They need a point guard, a floor general, so a, a an extension of the court uh the coach on the court. They do not have that right now, and that's why they're you know they're having the problems that they're having. They need somebody who can tell Noel and tell you know Embiid or Okafor where they need to be on the court so they can coexist. You know this team this team has not had a decent point guard since Drew Holiday, and that yeah. has been the problem. You know, well, I, when is Simmons coming back? Uh, nobody knows. But to me, it's like I—I I know that Simmons can be a facilitator, and he's somebody who can help put the ball in people's hands. But is he a a true floor general who can run the offense? Is that what? It, can he be that kind of player? Because I feel that is the type of player that they need. You know, I, I, someone who knows the offense can be can can run the offense, not just push the ball up the court, up the court. I I know he can do that. I know he can pass, but does he know how to run? Can he run this offense? That is the question. That is my question for Sixers fans. It's like I I'm excited about Ben Simmons. I want to see Ben Simmons. I'm excited about the notion of Ben Simmons playing the point. But my question is. Can he truly play the point, right. or can he just bring the ball up court? Right. Um, I, you're, 
That's a good question. He, he is sort of like a Scotty Pippen who, you know, the Bulls used to call a point forward where he would bring the ball up and get the offense started. But, you know, he was so much more than just a point guard. Um, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a point guard. I think what they need is a pure shooter. And Robert Covington, he needs to get. Rocco needs to go. Even though he, he, hit, the, he, needs, even though he hit the, the game-winning shot on Tuesday? And, and because his post-game press conference was so stupid, that's all the more reason to get rid of him, where he said, well, you know, I'm a fantastic, dynamic player. Get. Get going. Rocco needs – hashtag Rocco needs to go. He is a waste of space. And as far as all these big men go, I think Okafor is the best trade bait of the three. You can get some something for him because of his offensive skill set. Noel plays better defense than Okafor. Mm. And Noel is not as skilled, is not as skilled offensively. Personally, since Embiid is so skilled on both sides of the ball, I'd actually rather keep Noel's defense. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm willing to lose Okafor's offense mm-hmm. and, you know, get me a, just a knockdown shooter. And unfortunately, breaking news earlier, you know, earlier today, we're taping this, you know, on a Thursday. Um, Kyle Korver reportedly traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers from the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. So LeBron gets his, I don't know. Uh, it just says Korver headed to Cavs is the report. Korver, one of the best pure shooters in the league, mm-hmm. going to go with LeBron. I mean, it makes him even better. Yeah. Well, well you know, they, they had lost uh, J.R. Smith for a long period of time, so they needed another shooter. But once again, the rich get richer, man. Dude, but okay, so I'm looking at who has a three-point shooter that, you know, would they'd want a big man and a draft pick mm-hmm. for a three-point. How about Clay Thompson? Mm. He is now the fourth option in Golden, in Golden State. You know, Curry's option one, Durant's option two, Draymond Green option three. Clay Thompson has nights of brilliance where he'll hit seven or eight threes, yeah. but there's a lot of nights where he only scores 15 points. Bring him to Philly. Let him chuck 12 threes up a night. He's not getting 12 threes in Golden State. Not at all. I'd love, I'd love to see him in the red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. I, would, I, I mean, would, he, he's the piece we're missing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll see. We will see. Well, look, man, Triple V, I got to let you go, brother. This, that's my time, man. Okay. Hey, uh, there's a rumor floating around. Yes. Uh, with our big two-year anniversary show. Next, you know, coming up, next, I believe it's next week, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor floating around okay. that Triple V might make a return to the man cave in studio. What? What? We, it's a big celebration for us. That is a big us, celebration. So. Look, man, it's, that, that, that's a really big show. That, that, that's, so we, that's major right we gotta, there. We got to see if that rumor, you know, we got to start spreading that rumor, see if that, see if that rumor is true. Okay, I'm you know? ready. You know, there's lots to talk about. We can talk playoffs. We could continue to talk Eagles for next year. We mm-hmm. could talk Sixers. We could talk college hoops. We could talk as we about to enter the road to WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. It's a big show. It's Very a big, big show. show. Very big show. All right, Triple V, once again, thank you, brother, man. We'll, t- we'll talk to you next week, whether it be on the phone or in person. Ooh. All right? Sounds good, JB. Take care, my man. All right, peace. Hey, that is Triple V, and that is our time. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown. You can check me out at any time.
Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports. You can download this podcast anytime, soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports, or you can hear us every Saturday on phillygoflow.com, 8 a.m., phillygoflow.com. Once again, my name is John Brown. Thank you for listening to the Best in the World Sports Report, and I will talk to you next week.